Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Come on, y'all already shouting. Y'all already expectant. Come on. Hey, can we, can we take, give a minute uh, and give it up for, or take a minute and give it up for our worship team? That was an amazing, incredible job. And I'll even say this. I don't know if you noticed, but JJ on the violin over here busted a string. And so here's my challenge to you. If you should stay for second service, Try to outpraise God. Try to outpraise JJ to God. Try like when he's when he's jamming and he's going for it. It's just inspiring. It's inspiring for for me to get more into praising our good God. So amazing, man. Amazing. Um, I get the honor, the incredible honor, to bring the message today, and we're gonna get into that. So um, prepare your hearts. I believe I have a word from the Lord for us today. Uh, before we get there, though, I, I don't ever take these moments lightly. I am super grateful for our pastors, Pastors Daniel and Janelle, and so thank you, um, Pastor Daniel and Janelle, for the incredible honor it is to preach today. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but I believe my wife and I were the first wedding to happen under Grace Avenue. Um, if that's not true, uh, pretend you never heard that, okay? Um, but I, I, I'm going to put money on it, not that I gamble or bet, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're one of the first ones. So um, this is an incredible honor for my wife and I to take this journey with you. And um, I am a staff pastor here at Grace Avenue, and what that means is I get to uh, fall under their leadership and their covering here at this church. So uh, can we give it up for our pastors, Pastor Daniel Janelle? Love you. All right. I want to get to the message today. I believe I have a word um, to share with us today as we are coming out of Thanksgiving into the Christmas season where the busyness and all of that is about to unfold before us. I want to start us off by reading a verse of scripture. We're going to pray and then we'll get into it. Is that okay? You'll have to kind of be okay with that because that's where we are. Okay, let's, uh, let's read this, the, this verse of scripture. It's found in Hebrews 1 verse 9. It says this, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, it's talking about Jesus, your God, it's God the Father, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. The oil of joy. The title of my message today is The Oil of Joy. Anybody need some joy here today? I, I think that some of us did because to come to church post-holiday season, to show up today when it's, I mean, did y'all feel that wind driving in? Praise Jesus, winter is upon us. Um, I'm going to speak about the oil of joy. Before I do, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come before your presence. Lord, we know that in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, we rest here. I pray that you would speak through me. And I ask, Father, that, uh, that the hearts that are here would catch what it is I felt like you had deposited in me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
Amen. Okay, I wanted to start us off with a story. You know, on Thanksgiving, we actually had the honor of hosting some family and some friends um, at our house. And I started the morning super joyful, super glad, super grateful. Anybody wake up that way on Thanksgiving? Like, oh my gosh, I get to look forward to food, family, friends, and football. I mean, come on. That's, the, that's, that's a four-point series in, a, in and of itself, right? So I woke up, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to start this day. I just feel great. Let me get the coffee pot going. I'm going to put on YouTube, put some worship music on. Come on. Nothing's going to interrupt my day, all right? So I press play on the worship. I don't even think my wife knows this. She goes to the other room. I start worship music, and I'm about to turn to my right and raise my hand to lift to give God the glory for this beautiful day. When I do that, my knee hits the corner of the coffee table. And can I tell you the excruciating pain that, have, that went from my knee all the way down had me limping. I mean, I was hunched over and I'm like, from one second I was standing tall on two feet and in the next moment I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, normally, that's not, my, that's not my, my go-to. Normally, it's to find something and to throw it angrily like, Olivia, that's my daughter. But in, the, in this time, actually, all I knew to do, and I don't know if it's because worship was going, but all I knew to do, I, or I don't know if I reached like a new level of pain, but all I knew to do was like hunch over and smile, and I started laughing just like that, like, Oh my goodness, that hurt so bad, but God, you are so good still. I want to talk to us today about joy, and I want to talk to us about having joy in the midst of maybe pain, and how we find that. Can we go there? All right. So, um, I thought it was interesting that in that moment, I literally, when I felt pain in my knee, and I hunched over, and I smiled, something did happen. I felt like I was able to endure a little bit more, more pain. It, it was interesting. So that fascinated me because uh, I was like, how can one moment, even feeling pain, smiling does something? So I went to research. I went to the internet because everything on the internet is true, okay? <laughs> I read this actually from an article that's uh, from a healthcare uh, organization. They said this, when, you're, when you smile, your brain releases tiny molecules called neuropeptides that fight off stress. So let's test this. Everybody smile. Big smile. Come on, T. Everybody who's not smiling, I know. It's so weird and awkward, and I think some chips came off of your face because it's been so long since we've smiled. But smiling, smiling actually releases some stress. It's like we have some built-in Aleve in our bodies. I mean, as you're, I'm almost 40. Some of us are past 40, and hey, if there's wisdom in an older generation, if they're smiling, they're onto something. They know something that we might not know. So just know, uh, when you smile, tiny molecules are released called neuropeptides, and then neurotransmitters like uh, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins are released as well, okay? The endorphins act as a mild pain reliever, which we just talked about, and the serotonin acts as an antidepressant. So if you don't get anything from the rest of this message, when you leave out of here, just smile. Just smile. And, um, you know, one of the best wisdom principles I received was uh, in the lobby with the Penningtons. Do you all know the Penningtons? You all have to get to know the Penningtons. Okay, I, was, I walked down the lobby. We were talking, 
And I remember Sandy, Sandy mentioned something. She said, oh, Henry, you know what you need, need to just do is when you're driving, just smile and look around at people. And people think you are so weird. <laughs> but just try it. Just try smiling. And I'm like, okay, I'll try this. So I'm driving. And I actually, before I did this, I looked in the mirror and I looked at my face. Have any of y'all seen your face as you're driving? I'm going to warn you. If you try this, you're going to want to fight yourself. Okay, I looked at the, in the mirror at myself, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I look so angry, right? So then, uh, yeah, I have a resting, what they call resting blessed face, right? It's like, that's my go-to when I'm concentrating. But I was, I was driving, I was driving, and I decided to smile, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, anybody can cut me off. This isn't my lane. Go ahead. Have your way. This is, this is yours. So the, one of the best wisdom principles is just, just to smile. Let me give you a reason why we should smile. Um, it's almost as if God knew what he was talking about when he gave Paul the, the word to, to speak in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Paul writes this, always be joyful. Always be joyful. You know, uh, another version says just two words, and that is rejoice always. When I was studying this, I was uh, always under the impression that the shortest verse in the Bible was Jesus wept. That's two words. And I'm like, hold on. Another short verse is rejoice always? Uh, that's just a nugget for you all. Y'all, don't, y'all, don't, y'all can take that away for what, what it is. Uh, but we're to be joyful. We're to, we're to walk out in this life joyful. But what is joy? What is joy? Joy is the natural reaction to the work of God whether promised or whether fulfilled. Joy is the natural reaction to the work of God, whether promised, we've not yet seen it yet, we're in the middle of a storm, but we know there's a future hope, or it's fulfilled, we get to grasp it now because we've seen the blessing of God, okay? And joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So what is it about joy that we should understand? And why are we giving a mandate to live with joy? Well, I found, I did a case study on three men in the Bible, Paul, Timothy, and Jesus, okay? Let's read these words from each of them. Paul says this, Philippians 4.4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Okay, if we're full of joy in the Lord, we think we're capped, but he says, Do it again. (laughs) When you feel an inner peace within yourself in the midst of a storm, and then you go back into the storm, he's telling us and reminding us, hey, what you did there and where where you found that peace, go back there again constantly. James is, uh, I said Timothy, right? I meant Paul, James, and Jesus. These are the three. James says this in James 1, 2, and 3. He says, consider it pure joy. Okay, That just stood out to me now when I read that, Uh, pure joy. I feel like there's a little bit of a refinement in that statement, right? Purification takes refinement. So consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know, we read this. Pastor Courtney talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about the joy, uh, hope, faith, and joy and peace in the Lord. Consider it pure joy when we face many trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Jesus says this in John 15, 11. He says, I have told you this 
so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Well, what is it that he's speaking of? If we read a couple of verses prior to verse 11, he actually is saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. That's, that's the context of this verse. He's saying that basically, if I do the things that God wants me to do, the way he's written things out for me in his word to do, I will have complete joy because he's designed me that way. He's designed us that way. He's designed his word to do that within us that way, okay? Okay, I have a few quotes here from um, amazing people in the, in the faith. This is Dr. Timothy Keller, who most recently passed earlier in 2023. He says this quote, we cannot minister to others except out of our own joy. We cannot minister to others except out of our own joy joy. If we can't find this place of what joy looks like, we're ineffective as ministers, okay? Uh, Another quote here from um, a Presbyterian minister, he actually authored the Message Bible. Eugene Peterson says this, the story of our faith, our very own existence, begins and ends with joy. Joy is God's creation and gift. No authentic biblical faith is conceivable that is not permeated with it. And what that's saying is that God created joy for our benefit. He created it for us. So we are to go and choose joy, the Bible says, okay? And we have to know that others won't believe we follow Jesus unless we express it, okay? It's like, it's like we try to live this life out, but we wear the storms of life on us. Well, who wants to follow that Jesus, right? It's we get to witness when we're in the middle of a storm and people know it and then they still find a peace and they see us smiling on the outside. We're most effective that way. I love, I love this quote from this bishop, doctor, preacher, Pastor Daniel, okay? <laughs> he, he put this tweet on in uh, January of 2014. He says this. Do we have that? He says, your greatest witness for Jesus is your joy. Come on. Is that not wisdom? Your greatest witness for being effective in your ministry or just giving a word of encouragement. The way people are going to know you and know that you follow Christ is by your joy. All right, are we tracking? So I think that begs the question, I know what joy is, but what gets in the way of my joy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about what stifles our joy. Okay. I believe three things stifle our joy. I could be wrong. There's probably more, but I only highlighted three. The first is this. I believe emotions stifle joy. I think that fear is a stifle to joy. I think that anger is a stifle to joy. I think complaining is a stifle to joy. I do. I really, 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 really do. Um, Another area I think stifles joy is sin. Oh, I know that, and I felt the air come out of the room when I said that. However, we have, a, we have an opportunity to make it right at the end of the message. Okay. I believe sin stifles joy, habitual sin, the thing that we keep running to because even though we know it doesn't produce any fruit. Um, maybe unconfessed sin, overlooked sin, the thing we keep doing, we don't even realize this. You know, I love David and how he prayed in the Psalms. He said, search me, O God, and note my anxious thoughts. See if, test me and see if there's any offensive way within me, right? And I actually read that and I think, dang, David's praying 
like he has some blind spots in his life. And then I read that as a reader, and I think, maybe I have some blind spots in my life. Is that anybody here? Maybe you think you have some blind spots. Charles Spurgeon says this, quote, sin is the enemy of joy. Sin is the enemy of joy. Number three is circumstances. I believe circumstances stifle joy. Unmet expectations. Oh my gosh, if I can stay on this topic for a little bit, unmet expectations. Listen, I have a customer service background, okay? I worked customer service for many, 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 many years, and I'm not going to get on the soapbox about this generation. I won't. However, I will say this. Maybe I have an expectation of uh, how I should be treated as a customer when I walk into your place of business. I'm not talking to any business owners. I'm just saying, let's say, you know, corporate place of business. It can be anywhere. But, I, oh my gosh, if you want to get me, my joy stifled, is this anybody else? When you walk into a room, I, at the very least, expect to be greeted, okay? Okay, for two reasons, customer service background. You want to acknowledge the customer walking in that's about to give you money, or you want to be a theft deterrent, right? This is customer service 101. You want them to know you, they're at least seen, okay? When I walk into a room, I got, I got somebody over here nodding that has theft deterrent in their background. Um, with, when I walk into your room and I don't get that, I'm like, oh my, can you just look up? Can you say hi? Is that, is that too hard? I'm like, am I asking too much? Maybe my expectations are too high, okay? Um, but that's just me being outwardly uh, open about where joy is probably stifled in my life, so pray for me, okay? Um, another area is unplanned financial struggles, right? Uh, maybe uh, a health concern. Uh, these, these things can stifle our joy. However, we cannot claim to know joy without disappointment. We can't, we can't understand what joy is unless we have a letdown, unless there's betrayal, unless there's grief or loss, okay? Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, weeping may last for an evening, I love this version, but a shout of joy comes in the morning, a shout of joy, and it only comes if we choose to shout in the morning, Okay? Okay, so the, t- the, the title of my message was The Oil of Joy. I've talked a lot about joy, but I want to get to this part. I felt like this was something that God had seated within me. So um, this is what I want to share with you is um, how in the world can I have joy in the middle of my circumstance that I don't like or in the middle of my affliction? And the short answer is this, oil. Oil. Oil, when we think about it, it's rich right? It's, it's weighty. If, if I take my finger and I dab, I wish I had a demonstration, but we're a mobile church, so we're going to make do, okay? If I had oil here and I dabbed my finger in that oil and I go around the room and touch any one of you, either on your clothing or on your forehead, it leaves its mark, does it not? Okay, this is what I want to touch on. Because Oil is the source of what we need in our joy. To have just joy is, is empty, but when we have oil behind it, it's weighty, okay? Now, why do we need oil? Well, I'll give you three reasons why we need oil. We need oil because it's fuel. It's fuel for us to go to carry that joy. The second thing why we need oil is it cleanses us, okay? We get our car, our oil changed in our car, or we do it ourselves, okay? Uh, Maybe we do, maybe we don't. If you haven't done that, here's a reminder. It's time to get your oil changed, okay? 
The light on your dashboard didn't just magically go off because it fixed itself. Can I get an amen, Jared? He's a mechanic, right? No, the light bulb burned out. It's time to get your oil changed. We need, we need oil because it cleanses us. When we get an oil change, there's cleansing properties within the oil that de, you know, get rid of all the debris within the, within the engine, okay? I'm getting a nod, so I think I'm onto something. Uh, oil also protects us. Oil protects us. It protects us from the enemy's schemes. It protects us from when we have, you know, mindsets of, of habits of thoughts about ourselves. Maybe we feel inadequate. Maybe we feel unqualified, okay? When we, get, when we get oil, we actually can renew our minds and say, hey, I'm in the presence of God right now. I have to see what he has to say about me and not rehearse the thing that's happening within me in my mind. So we know we need oil, but how do we access it? This is where I want to land here today. How do we access the oil that is joy? Okay, let me, let me share a verse here in Luke 5, 15 and 16. It says this. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him and preach. Hey, I mean, if you have an opportunity to preach and people are coming to hear you, you'd probably be, want to be around them so you can give and deliver the message. Watch what Jesus does. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer, it says. Okay, so what am I saying? How we access oil is, here are my three points. Number one, appointment. We gotta set a time to meet with him. We have to set a time and value the time that we set to meet with the creator. Come on, we set appointments for lunch dates. We set appointments to get our school, to get our kids on, uh, to school on time, to get them to the sports function that we need to get them to. Come on, um, the, I, I will say this, the creator of the world wants to meet with you Okay, do we have time in our, in our day to, to say, yes, I want, I want to meet with you? Now, here's where I think we do ourselves a disservice. As we grow in theology, as we grow and understand that God is omnipresent, right? He's with us everywhere, always, everywhere we go. I believe when we start our day, we bring Jesus along into our day, okay? I think we do ourselves a disservice when we think that way because Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door, behind you and pray to your father in private. Okay, I say that because I often will bring Jesus along the journey with me into my car, set the mood and atmosphere and say, that's my prayer closet. And I love that. I mean, I can smell the incense, you know, of worship happening until somebody cuts me off. And then I'm no longer praying to God and blessing him. I'm actually having to repent for the thought that I just had about this person that cut me off, okay? When I read that verse, I actually think... Because he says, go away and, and be with the Father in private. If I'm in traffic, I don't think that's private. Everybody that's amening right now has a prayer closet. They know what that's like. Okay, what I'm saying is we need to set an appointment with the God of the Father. He wants to meet with you. The second thing on how we access oil is to abide and to accept. It means to sit with him, just to be with him, okay? So let me give you this scenario. Uh, imagine I agree to take my wife out on a date, which I always will agree to that, and she wants to go to the restaurant of her choosing. It's likely going to be Asian. Okay, so we're at the table. The waiter's going to come up and ask us what we would like to eat. We've been there five minutes, and I interrupt him, and I say, hey, love, 
are we good here? Like it's been five minutes. Can we get back home? Because the game is on and I think the Texans are going to turn this season around, okay? Okay, what, what I'm saying is to abide is not just to say five minutes is good, all right? She, she has to feel valued. And in the same way, we treat prayer this way. Hey, after five minutes, we're good. I felt like I got a word from God. But did you or did we just hear our own thoughts and think that that's the direction that God wants to take us? What I'm saying is we have to abide and then accept the gift of the Holy Spirit because it is him that gives us the power that we need. I want to give you this image. I don't have the, the, the video to show you, but I'll give you this image. Anybody seen those images of Thanksgiving when they put a frozen turkey in oil with water and there's an open flame, right? Okay, I pray that that, that was not you on Thursday. Okay, we've had years of research on how not to do that. That should not be you at this point. Okay, so think of the oil and the flame and the water that produces this explosion, okay? I want you to image that. And I was driving on Friday, and I felt like God gave me this image to convey to you today. The oil that we read about in Hebrews 1 is, we read that it is dripped, it was given to Jesus, right? So let's say Jesus carries the oil. God in the Old Testament showed himself to Moses as a burning bush, which is a fire, right? He's actually known, Moses quoted in Deuteronomy, that God is a consuming fire, right? Okay, so we have Jesus as the oil. We have God the Father, that's the fire. And what's lacking? The water, right? We need water. Okay. In the Gospels, there's a Samaritan woman who goes to the well. Jesus is sitting at the well. Okay, and asks Jesus, or Jesus asks her for a drink. And she says, I'm paraphrasing, but she says, what are you doing talking to me? You're a Jew. Jew hates, Jews hate Samaritans. And then he basically, he says this quote, that's the wrong quote, sorry, y'all. He says, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Now, he did not say, I am living water. He said, I would give you living water. And, and I've researched this, and I've seen that the living water represented is the Holy Spirit. So my question to you is, if we have oil that is Jesus, God that is fire, my question is, where does the Holy Spirit dwell? Within us. So when we get in a place of prayer and we bring the water to the oil and the fire, what happens? Power happens, and we can now live out that power as joy in this world. Amen? Amen. The, the, the third point that I had was just to simply act. So that was, we have to set an appointment, we have to abide, and the last thing is we act. We go into the world living out this joy he's placed within us. And just by carrying peace, just by carrying joy, we can stand out amongst others. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to your feet. I wanted to take a moment and pray for some of us because we might be in the middle of a season where we need joy. Maybe Today's message has hit you in a way where it's, you know, that you're, you're saying that's me. Like, either I need joy or 
I realize I need to spend some more time with God that's, that's secluded, that's with him only. Uh, or maybe, maybe you're here and you're saying, I need power. Gosh, I've been living this life out without oil, without power. Um, I wanted to speak and share a, a final story that happened just Thursday. I didn't plan to share this, but I'll, I'll share anyway. You know, on Thursday, as I was getting ready for Thanksgiving, I was super excited. I was texting my dad because he couldn't make it. He wasn't feeling well. Um, but then he started sharing uh, a story about me, uh, about him and my mom. My mom passed in 2020. And I don't know what it was on Thanksgiving, but uh, something came over me that I started grieving. Like, oh, gosh. And I was grieving because it was like, you know, it's another Thanksgiving that I don't get to serve a plate to my mom. And I don't ever, I don't think like this often, you know, you're probably saying, all right, that's, it's been three years, Henry, it's time to get a counselor. I've had a counselor, okay, I, I have pastors, I'm okay. I'm just saying, in that moment, I allowed myself to grieve. And what I did, I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to go and show my seven-year-old daughter that I was grieving. So I walked into her room and I said, hey, love, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sobbing. And she said, what happened, Daddy? And I said, um, Daddy misses uh, Grandma. Daddy misses his mommy. Can you pray for him? I think there's power, men, when we access the oil of joy and we grieve and we let our children see this because I believe that they have, more, they have a greater faith. Jesus said, call the children unto me. Don't, 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 don't dismiss them. And I'll tell you, that seven-year-old lit me up with faith. Come on. I left there better. I felt full. I had the joy of the Lord. And maybe that's you here today. Maybe you need some, some joy. So I want us to, to bow our heads. I want to pray for us. And I want to call. I just want you to raise your hand if you need joy in this season. Go ahead and raise your hand if you feel like you need joy in this season. Raise your hand if you need power. Maybe you've been operating without power. Come on, the Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to meet with you. He wants to touch you. I want you to, I want you to raise your hand also. Come on, there's hands all over the room. I want, to, I want you to raise your hand if you also need, to, if you understood today that you need to meet with him more. That's just about every hand in this room. And so I want to pray. And then after I pray, I want us to step into something. And I want us to sing in faith, knowing that he's already received us and that we will carry this joy when we leave this place. Is that okay? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come before your presence, Lord. It's in your presence there is fullness of joy. I speak over every hand that is raised. I speak over every heart that's represented, represented here today. And I pray, Father, that you would bring them peace. I pray that you would give them the oil of joy. Give them the vivid image, Lord, of what happens when oil and open flame and water mix together. There is power and there is power in joy, Jesus. Settle upon them in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.